Uh, I'd like to take about 45 seconds and introduce our guest speaker tonight. I could go on for much longer than that. Uh, I respect this man of God, and uh, Jeremy Johnson is lead pastor of Fearless Church LA. He has been uh, that planted that church about six years ago, and God has been using him in great ways. He still travels across this nation, across the world, uh, ministering in settings like this. And uh, I tell you what, beyond all of the skill set and giftings, uh, he is the real deal. And uh, he's one of those guys that, man, I just love spending time with. Uh, I consider him a friend. And so Faith Assembly, Tonight, we honor the Word of God. We honor people that bring the Word of God. So will you give Jeremy Johnson a faith assembly welcome as he comes to minister tonight at Awaken 2019. Come on, that's enough for me. Can we give it up for Jesus? And can everyone stand up to their feet all across this place? Come on. Let's awaken some dry bones in this city tonight. Come on, can we give Jesus, the King of Kings, come on, the Lord of Lords, come on. All of heaven is bowing, all of earth is bowing, all of hell bows when His name is said. Come on, we lift up your name tonight, Jesus. We honor you tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're gonna do in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done in our life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to break out in a praise break right now. We don't need a band. We don't need a song. We got the greatest king. Praise God. You know, the angels haven't stopped yet. They're shaking the walls of heaven right now. And you know, God's not there watching the angels. He's present tonight watching this worship in this place. He's drawn to the worship of his kids. Of course, angels can worship. They got heaven. It's perfect. But you're worshiping in what sometimes feels like hell. What an amazing group of people tonight. Come on, we, we are the children of God and we will not be silent. Come on, let's, let's lift up one more praise before I preach this message. Come on, let's just, just because we can. Come on, just because the devil said we can't. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. Come on, give at least five people a high five, a bear hug, a holy kiss. Tell them welcome to the revival. It's going to change everything. Awaken, awaken, awaken. Gather the church and revive the city. Come on, you ready to revive the city? I believe there's some people outside these walls that are worth reviving. Come on. Before you uh, totally sit down, can you help me give some honor where honor is due right to this front row right here, which I know, what, a, what a, an amazing... Come on, if these two have changed your life, being the hands and feet of Jesus, come on, just let them know tonight. We thank you guys. We thank you, Pastor. What, what vision, what faith, what pursuit, what I won't quit, I won't back up, I won't give up. 
it takes to still be, you're sitting right now, but standing and believing for God to do miracles in people's lives because people usually don't want to go to the thing God has for them. And you got to believe even when they stop believing and we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm six years into a church plant. And uh, when I was a youth pastor, I, I, I would do that, but it's what you do at the beginning. But now, I just want to simmer in that moment just for a little bit. Because to be at this place, building this, not building, building this church. Buildings come and go, but people are what Jesus died for. And we're thankful for the building. But this man and woman have been building people for years and believing with them. And we just thank you. We know that you're not here for a job. We know that this is a call. As if it was a job, you quit a long time ago and go sell ice cream. A lot easier. But what an opportunity and what an honor it is for us to, to pastor people. And uh, come on, give it up for yourself. Being here tonight, coming through, fighting through traffic, getting off early, getting babysitters, whatever you had to do. And I'm just so honored to be here tonight and to be with uh, the family of God. I've come to meet the youth. Uh, do we have any youth in the house? Any mainstay? Mainstream? Mainstay. I don't know. My brain is, I'm 40 now, so I just forget things. Mainstream. And do we have any young adults up in the house? Come on. Now, now if you're a young adult and you're single, raise your hand higher because then people, you know, single and ready to mingle. Praise God. Why not find her in church? Amen. She better be worshiping though. Now I'm just playing. And, and how many do we have that are young at heart in the room? Come on, you're young at heart. We, we don't have old people in the kingdom because when you meet Jesus, you get younger every day. Amen. Come on. I'm just preparing for my heavenly body. Amen. Praise God. You have to go down before you can get up. That's how it goes. And uh, I love being here with everyone because uh, I've come here with the youth and seen your students and your kids, and there's such hunger in their hearts. Thank you for all you do as parents. Being a parent is difficult, and it is a challenge. It's like guiding a rocket. You just got to put the rudders on. Praise God. The rudders have to be the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. And uh, we're thankful for you and thankful for everything you do and what you've done to help the youth ministry and the college ministry grow has been in home at home, believing in God to do great things. And I want to talk to anybody here tonight that your kids aren't here and they've walked away from the Lord. I just want to tell you, it's not over till it's over. And the word of God does not return void. And I'm believing tonight for a shift in your faith to believe again. Amen. It's beautiful to be a part of the church of the, the Mohawk and the hairpiece all in one place, the walker and the skateboard. Isn't it great that we could worship together? Those of us dyeing our hair to look normal and those of you dyeing your hair to look cool. We, 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 we can be in one place. You know, this is not anywhere else in this city. This kind of uh, demographic, age, age range, all doing this, all excited about the same thing. This is the church of Jesus Christ. Come on. Well, we are in Los Angeles, um, California. And uh, pray for me. <laughs> I'm from a small country town, and uh, I moved there. And where I used, to, where I grew up, we, we would shoot guns in our backyard. That's weird, huh? I mean, that, that is a little different. We, it was that big of a backyard, 60 acres, uh, and it wasn't because we were wealthy; it was because no one wanted to live there. Praise God. 
And, uh, and so, you know, there's more cows in my city than people. And I just always say, God has a sense of humor. He called this country boy to lost, I call it Los Angeles, because I'm mostly lost if my phone's dead in Los Angeles. And there's a lot of lost people there. And so we live in uh, the Arts District in downtown LA, yeah, about four blocks from Skid Row, where 30,000 homeless people sleep on the streets. Our church is another two blocks from that. And so we have a, a lot of our churches homeless. They, some of them live in Beverly Hills. Some of them live in a tent in Skid Row. And we're pastoring the lost and showing them an incredible Jesus. We're in a dark, a dark place, but I know that God works best in the dark because light shines brighter or it's dark. And so we've, we've seen God do some incredible things. And I was, I was uh, in my truck driving up somewhere the other day and, and uh, a homeless guy came up to my window. And so I'm a pastor, so I would do the right thing, you know, roll down my window and say hi. And, um, and, and the homeless man leaned into my window and then he leaned past the comfort zone and got real close to my face. And I said, Jesus, I hope you're here. <laughs> he was drunk and he said, tell me it's you. I said, you guessed it. It's me. And he said, no. I said, yeah, it's me. I'm him. And he said, I can't believe this. This is, I'm going to tell all my friends. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm him. And he said, I was just sitting right over there praying that Jesus would help me out. And here you are. I had no clue you'd drive a Toyota Chandra, but. And I said, oh, it's not me. But I know him. Get in and follow me. No, I came tonight because Jesus has changed my life. And I'm not him, but I know him. And I believe that he wants to know you tonight in a powerful way. If you would just give me a few minutes of your time, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the bravest. But I do know that this word does not need me to get in the way. Tonight, I'm believing for this word to transform and revolutionize your entire walk with God. I'm believing tonight shifts everything. Come on, tell, tell your neighbor next to you, tonight shifts everything. Come on, tell your other neighbor on the other side, tonight shifts everything. Let's go to the Bible. John chapter four, verse number 46. I'm not him, but I do know him. Come on. John chapter four, verse 46. It says this. If you have your Bible or they have a giant, really cool one on the screens. It says this. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned the great, the water into grape juice. Nope. Where he turned the water, just making sure I was reading that way. Where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son. And his son was, the Bible describes, was close to death. 
And then Jesus, uh, being the nice pastor-like person in the story, turns to the man who needs a miracle. Anybody need a miracle tonight? Come on. And he says, unless you people see a miraculous sign and wonder, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down here before my child dies. And Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word. Come on, I'm looking for some people to take Jesus at his word tonight. And he departed from there. And while he was still on his way, I'm also looking for another group of people that are still on their way. They haven't arrived yet, but they had a word from God and they've been seeing that word begin, but they are still on their way. I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's here that thought we were finished, but I just came to talk to the people that aren't quite finished yet, that are still on their way. While he was still on his way, a servant met him with the news that his boy was living. When he acquired as to what time his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him. Oh, someone heard me. The fever left him. A few of you got it. The fever left him at the, at the seventh hour, the seventh hour. The father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live so he and all his household gather the church and revive the city. He and all his household believed because of what God did in the seventh hour. I want to speak for a few moments on a thought, the seventh hour. I came to this church tonight, flew here from California on a plane. I don't like planes. I came all the way here through turbulence, left my family, not to be a preacher, but to deliver a message to you that this is the seventh hour for your life, that this is the seventh hour for this church, that this is the seventh hour for your finances, that this is the seventh hour over your body. I came with a prophetic word tonight, a, a message from heaven, not, not a message from man, because that would be okay, but I came like Paul. I, I didn't come with wise or persuasive words. It's really simple, but the simplicity, there's power. And the power is there is a seventh hour anointing over your life right now. I'm believing for a seven. I don't know if anybody will grab a hold of that tonight because you got to agree with it for it to happen. I'm believing it's the seventh hour over that sickness that's in your body. You see, in the seventh hour, pastor, we know that giants fall. We know that walls come down. We know that in the seventh hour, water is turned to wine. We know in the seventh hour, lions shut their mouths with prayer. We know in the seventh hour, a virgin gives birth to the savior of the world. We know in God's hour, things shift. I don't know what you came in with tonight. I don't know what sixth hour you're in, but I came to declare 
the seventh hour. It may have been six hours and 59 minutes when you walked through that door, but I am declaring a new season, a new hour, a new day over your life. This man came to Jesus with a problem. If you're here with a problem today, you came to the right spot. He showed up at the house because he heard Jesus was in the house. He, he didn't show up to the house because they had good worship. He didn't show up to the house because they had nice lights. He didn't show up to the house because they had those nice, comfortable chairs. Those are nice, Pastor. Wow, incredible. Thank you, donors. Come on, praise God for those chairs. He, he didn't show up to the house because the pastor was good looking and his wife was incredible. He, did, he didn't show up to the house because they had a great kids program. He showed up to the house because Jesus was in the house. You see, you're not getting it yet because, because church people will show up to the house because there's good programs. Church people will show up to the house because there's great preaching, but this man wasn't a church folk. He, he wasn't rolling with Jesus' tribe. Notice he didn't call him Jesus, he called him sir. He showed up because he had a problem so big he had no solutions and neither did anyone in his circle, but he heard that Jesus See, we're thankful for the lights, we're thankful for the screen, but the one thing we can't do without in this church is Jesus. As long as Jesus is in the house, the city will come to this place, not looking for Christians, but looking for Jesus, because it's Jesus that changes everything. And if you believe that, give God. And when he found Jesus, he came to him humbly. He was, he was the captain of an army. He, he had ranking men. He was the official in the city. Can you imagine one of the city officials coming to this where his word, he tells people where to go and where to stay, builds buildings where he wants. He was a royal official and he showed up to Jesus's house because problems and pain don't choose which house based on financial situations. They choose any house. Come on. There are people that are gonna end up in this place that have a lot but because their problem has grown bigger than what they have, they need a solution that is bigger than what they will ever have. And the man shows up to Jesus and he humbly says, sir, my son is gonna die unless you come. And Jesus doesn't ask pastoral thing. Nope. He looks at him, a man of a different race than him, and says to the man, unless you people You talking to all of us? Is there anybody else here? <laughs> Unless you people see miraculous signs, you will never believe. You know what Jesus was doing? He was checking the soil. He was testing whether there were rocks of offense, walls, because his seeds are too valuable to plant in your rocky soil. He was testing the man to see if he could handle the miracle. I don't know who's here tonight, but become a person who is unoffendable. In an offendable world, become a person who is ready for the word. You desire the word more than you desire to hold on to your rocks. And he checked the soil. The man didn't respond because the man had no rocks there. He said, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said, he will be healed. And so the man took Jesus at his word 
You see, I don't know what you're going to leave here tonight. I don't know what brochures or who's going to pray for you. But, but all you need tonight to leave this place with is his word. If you have his word, you have enough. If you have his word, you have what you're believing for. The man didn't need Jesus to come. He didn't take a disciple to encourage him. He didn't need pastor. He said, as long as I got your word. He took, his, he took Jesus at his word. He said, okay, say the words. And he began his journey. See, and then the Bible says, while he was still on his way. I came to talk to a group here tonight that God gave you a word. I don't know what it was. Maybe that the cancer would be gone. God gave you a word that you wouldn't always be broke. So you started tithing. You started believing that word. God gave you a word. He gave you a word that your, your son and daughter were going to come home to the house of faith. He gave you a word. He gave you a word that he has a business for you to start. And he's going to back you up in that. They gave you a word that he's going to use you in power and purpose. And you took Jesus at his word. He said, God, I, I received that. And it isn't exciting when you first get the word. Ha! No one can talk you out of it. I mean, you, you explain it in fine detail in every situation you're in because you know that you know that you know that Jesus gave you a word. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what life says. It doesn't matter what doesn't come in. I got a word from God. But if the man would have had to take a journey back to his home, they say the journey would have at least been 25 Miles, And in that time, to take that kind of journey meant that the man would have to spend the night on the in-between. I don't know who I came to talk to tonight, that, that you got a word from God. You were, you were like, come on. You and the whole crew going back. You couldn't call ahead, but if you could, you would let them know. Jesus said it's finished. Jesus said he's going to be healed. And, and you're walking on that word. Every day is a journey of faith. All of a sudden, all the pieces are coming together. Everything's starting to work out. And then you hit the middle. I, you ain't going to talk to me. Huh? You, we're going to pretend like we're playing church tonight. Huh? Is there anybody that's ever been in the middle? The in-between, that, that moment you got his word. But now you got a journey. <laughs> you don't know about the journey, huh? It's a nice band, but it's also something that we walk through. I got a word from God. Now I know that word was for me. But it's starting to get dark out here. Hear him. The road he would have been on would be called the road of blood. It's where they tell the story of, of the good Samaritan, the Jewish man that was beat up and a good Samaritan. Why? Because on this road, it, it was a road for robbers and thieves. And uh, there was back caves and different things, treacherous ravines that you would have had to go through on the road. So he had a miracle and he had a word, but he had a road. And there was a road on the in-between. And on the, the road in the in-between, the man would have had to spend the night. I don't, I don't know who right now is spending the night on the in-between. You've actually had to set up a shelter on the in-between. It got so dark, you've set up shop on the in-between. Because you had a word from God, but you haven't seen the word come to pass. So you're in the, you're in the middle. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, 
That's where these gray hairs are from. They're from the middle. <laughs> that ain't wisdom, that's stress. <laughs> I'm in the middle. God, I got a word. You're going to help me reach a city. Thank you, God. Come on, praise God. What's going on now? It's dark out here. I hear sounds in the distance. I don't know if we're going to make it through the night. I got a word, but I don't know if I'm going to make it through the in-between. Sometimes you're just praying to make it through the in-between. Your prayer has changed. Your first prayer was, God, heal him. Now your prayer is, God, don't let me give up. Don't let me quit. Be because it's on the in-between that you start hearing voices. It's on the in-between that, that things are starting to make noises outside the tent. What's that? I don't, I don't know what it is. And whatever you can't see, you start making bigger in your head. And here comes the devil knocking on the tent. That's funny how the devil wasn't there when God gave the word. He was afraid of being in that environment, but it's crazy how he shows up in the dark. He was waiting for you on the journey. He says, ah, do you think God really said? Comes up to the tent. I don't, I don't know if you really heard from God. You probably, had, you, you probably are exaggerating what he, he probably meant that he's going to kind of be healed. He probably meant that as long as you do a few things, you, you won't really mess it up. He, he, that maybe he's talking to the guy behind you. You know what I would do? I would go back to Jesus and get another word. You know, we do this all the time. Man, I believe you from two years ago, but man, if you'd have the pastor call me out tonight, that would be awesome. So we get in prayer lines and we're like. Right? Because we need another word. I got a word from God, but I don't believe that first word anymore. Why? Because I went through the in-between. You know what we're doing? We're wasting time. We're wasting time because your miracle is not back where you left it. Your miracle is where you're going. Look, I came to let you know tonight, whatever you got to do, stay moving forward. Whatever you got to do, keep going forward on the word God gave you. If it gets dark, move without light. Do whatever you got to do. The Bible is a, a, a word unto us. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's not a floodlight. It's a, it's a lamp. Why? Because you're going to journey with the word. You're going to take that word and you're going to start putting it in your feet. It's going to give you one step. Come on. If, if you, in other words, let me say it this way. If you can't run anymore, jog. If you can't jog, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, scoot. If you can't scoot, roll. If you can't roll, push yourself. Do whatever you got to do to keep moving forward on the word of God in your life. Don't go backwards. Go forward. You are built to move forward. You are aerodynamic one way. Just keep. That's why the Bible says, when I've done all to stand, stand firm. Even if you can't move anymore, just stand. I ain't going back. I'm not turning around. I'm believing God. I'm facing in the right position. Every time a Christian believer stands, the devil has to sit down. 
Let me re-say that because that's bad theology. Every time a believer stands with the word of God in them, the devil has to sit down. Come on, I'm not just talking about standing. I'm talking about standing with the promise. Come on, does anybody have a promise in this room? You ought to just stand up and let the devil know you're not taking me out this season. This is the seventh hour over my life. Hallelujah. Come on, give five people a high five and say it's the seventh hour. It's the seventh hour. It's the seventh hour. It's the seventh hour. Come on, seventh hour. Seventh hour over your finances. Seventh hour over your world. Seventh hour over your marriage. And while the man's walking, he gets enough courage to take another step. He's almost about to quit, but he hasn't. I know there are a few people that you could have gave up a long time ago, but you didn't. And because you pressed through, because you believed past the voices, because you didn't partner with those words that came in the midnight, you partnered with that word God gave you in the daylight. You moved forward. The Bible says that a servant showed up to the man from where he was going. And the servant showed up in the middle of the man's journey. And the servant had good news. You see, tonight, I'm not here to preach. I'm just a servant. And I know you've made a home maybe in the middle, but let me tell you, this is a temporary middle for you. God sent me all the way here tonight to wake you up in your tent. Hey, let me tell you something. The man looked at the servant and said, was there bad news? Did he die? Was I too slow? And he goes, no, he's alive. I said, God, what am I going for? He said, I want you to be the servant. I want you to go to the people in the middle tonight and give them a message. What you've been taking the journey for, what you've been believing God for is already finished in Christ Jesus. I came here to let you know what God promised you is sitting up, it's alive and well. I came to tell you where you're going to, we are already having a party. What you believe in for is already finished. You say, why do you tell us that? Because I don't want you to have to walk any more miles knowing and wondering you ought to run the rest of the way home. I wonder if the man, his sluggishness disappeared. I wonder if he got a second wind when he heard my son's up. I believe he took off running. See, when, when, when the devil sees a Christian running after the in-between, he gets nervous because it's a Christian that has heard a word from a servant. That word that I'm giving tonight is just reminding you of the word that he already spoke. This is why you don't want to miss services. 
This is why you don't want to miss coming on Sunday. This is why you want to get your kids here. Because who knows if that moment is going to be another moment of the servant reminding you of the word that God gave you from the beginning. Come on. Don't walk. Run. Don't crawl. Come on. It's already done. You might as well worship like it's finished. You might as well praise on the in-between. And the man said, wait, hold on. Before I take off running, please tell me, when did it happen? Just like to know, I'm going to go. I mean, I'm excited. You're not going to be able to catch me. But when did it happen? I know. It, it probably happened in the eighth hour. The eighth hour, that was an uphill climb. I, I, I gave it my all. I, I trusted. I believed. I was a little scary on the cliff. Or oh, maybe the ninth. Because the ninth, I quit twice. But then I got back up. And because I got back up, maybe God saw that. Maybe it was the 10th. I started fasting in the 10th. And, and that fast, man, I really feel like maybe, maybe that, was the, that was the thing that broke this thing over my... Oh, maybe, maybe it was 11th? None of those. No, um, sir, it didn't happen any of those times. I mean, that's all the hours there are. It goes, no, 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 it happened in the seventh hour. It's the seventh hour. Seventh hour, sixth hour, ninth hour. I was six hours asking, and then Jesus, Jesus spoke in the seventh hour. You mean to tell me I didn't earn this? Yeah, grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. You, you mean I didn't twist God's arm to love me? You mean I didn't make his word happen? No, it happened in the seventh hour. But that was when God spoke it. Exactly. It happened the moment he promised you it would happen because his roar does not return void. And it is yes and amen. Finished and done. When's it going to happen? It's already done. It happened the moment he said it. Thank you and I appreciate that. But why am I walking without seeing it? And why, if it happened when he said it, did Jesus say, your son will be healed? You know English, right? Will be is future tense. Jesus, was he just not good at English? I mean, why did he say will be? He should have said, your son is healed. But he said, will be healed. Huh, that's weird. I started asking God, why'd you say will be? Were you messing with the man? And when I say man, I'm talking about myself. Are you messing with the man? Because I want to believe is, but I'm still stuck in will be. Is anybody here stuck in will be? <laughs> Maybe I came to talk to the right audience. God, why'd you say will be when it was is? And he said, because the man wasn't taking the journey to make the miracle. The man was taking the journey to make the man. Oh, so you weren't talking about my boy. You were talking about the boy. 
the boy will be healed. So God, you mean you've already finished the miracle. Now you're working on the other miracle, which is me. You mean I am a miracle in motion. You mean it's not the cancer you're working on. You mean it's me you're working on. Oh, it's not the check you're writing out. It's me you're writing. Oh, wait. The word isn't working the miracle. The word is working me. Oh, wait, I'm the soil and you're the seed. Oh, because it wasn't the miracle that would preach to the city. It was the man. It was the man. The boy was already up and the city was still lost. But when the man got there, why? Because the man went through the journey. The man went through the test. See, anything that has that wants that you want to be trusted has to first be tested. Anything that can be greatly trusted has to first be tested. And when God tests, he is believing that you have the power to pass the test. You know, when God allows testing of the in-between in my life, I've realized he's not trying to prove to himself that what he made can handle the storm. He's trying to prove it to me. He's trying to show you how amazing he made and built and engineered you. See, when you start realizing that the in-between is for you, when you start realizing the gap is not for the miracle, it's for me, then you'll start praising different on the in-between. You'll start walking different on the in-between. Let me tell you this way. It's an open book test. Let me give you some of the answers. Okay, you want to for some of the answers? What is David without Goliath? Next time you face a test, you say this out loud. What is David without Goliath? Just a shepherd boy bringing his brother's lunch. Okay, what is David with Goliath? A giant killer. So God has allowed a giant so he could change my name. What is Daniel without the lions? Just a guy who prayed all the time. Introduce lions, lion tamer. What is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego without the fire? Just three boys in a crowd. But now they became the ones that were walking on fire with their Savior. I don't know who's here tonight, but God's not going to save you out of a test. He wants to save you in a test. And if you're here right now, if you're being tested, it's because you've been trusted. God says, I can trust you. Do you know that about you? See, if you meet someone that's been through something, they'll never say, man, I wish that wouldn't happen. They would have said, you know what? I would have loved to take it away, but I wouldn't because I wouldn't be who I am. See, that's the kind of place where you start thanking God for your broken bones. You start thanking God for the people that walked out on you. Start thanking God for the people who didn't see it in you. Why? Because if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for those lions, if it wasn't for that giant, I wouldn't be sitting in this palace. And praise God, he knew that he planned in me all I would need. So at the beginning of the sermon, it said it was the same place where the water was turned to wine. It's kind of a weird thing to put in there. And at the end, it says, and remember, this is the second miracle in this place. Well, it wasn't the second miracle. It was like the 40th miracle. This was where the, the coin was pulled out of the fish's mouth. This is where, this is where they fed the 5,000. So why, 
would Jesus in this scripture point out at the beginning of this sermon and at the end of this scripture, he would point out the story, the random story of, remember the time where water was turned into wine? This is the same place this story happened. Why the water to wine? Well, to me, that's a cool story, but it's not the one I would point out. But God points it out. Why? Because it's the same story. It's all about the process. Jesus is at a party. If you don't like parties, you may not like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is at a wedding. He's at a party. Their weddings lasted for days, maybe a week, and they run out of wine. And Jesus' mom comes to Jesus and says, son, they've run out of wine. Do what you do. And Jesus looks at her and says, woman. <laughs> this Jesus. He just keeps saying weird things. I would never say that to mom, but he knew he could raise himself from the dead. So that's... I don't have that gift. <laughs> Woman, my time has not come. <laughs> she didn't even answer. She went and got the servants and said, do whatever he tells you. In other words, take him at his word. We have a problem. There's no wine. Take him at his word. The servants show up to Jesus. He said, what do we do? And Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get the jars. And you're going to fill the jars up with water. Jesus, I don't know if Jesus heard us. We asked him for wine. Did you say wine in clear Greek? I don't know, maybe he speaks Aramaic. I mean, we said wine, right? He's asked us to get water. Okay, Jesus tells him, go get water. I know we know the story, but they didn't know the story. They said, God, can we have some wine? He gives them water. You imagine, you go up to the coffee shop, you say, I'll take a, a, a coffee. They give you water. You say, well, I, don't, I don't think they heard me. Can I have some wine? Jesus goes, go get water. Okay. Where? This is drought time. Down at the river, there's a little spot down there, little water left. So, so, so literally, they went down and got water. Okay. I mean, sometimes God's word will ask you to do crazy things. They don't make, I didn't, I didn't ask for water. Water is not wine. I asked for wine. I thought you had some or mix it up on the table, but we'll get some water. So they go down, all right, this is weird. I mean, did you, I hope you heard him right. You didn't hear him right. I'm blaming you for this. And so they went down to the river and they got the water. I mean, does this look like wood to you? Maybe it's like real clear wine. Nope, it's not wine, it's water. Good, somebody got upset I could drink wine in church. We don't want to do that. Praise God. And uh, what do you want us to do with this, Jesus? Oh, Go put it in the ceremonial cleansing bins. Really? You know what a ceremonial cleansing bin? Look, put that picture up of the ceremonial cleansing bin. That's, first of all, a big bin. Just a little, sorry, okay? You would have been excited if it was wine, but it's just water. Sorry. And fill up the bins. Now, let me tell you about these ceremonial cleansing bins because when I said that, I had to look it up because I thought he just took the water and turned it into wine in the jar. I mean, that was what I understood, but it was all about the process. He said, go take that thing. You know what that thing was? It was the dirtiest thing in the city. It was a holy place, but it was also a dirty place because all the people, when they sinned, would go wash their sins off with pure water they, mis they 
they, you know, whatever they did. To make this even more clear to you how dirty this was, in their time, if a woman was on her once a month moment, see, you already got it, you're right there. You, <laughs> I don't have to say anymore. She would have to wash in this. Now, I mean, if you've been a pastor, you've seen the baptismal after a few people have been in it. You don't want to drink that. It's like hair, fungus. Now, I'm not trying to stop you from getting baptized. Jesus will redeem it. <laughs> but that was like this. This huge, Jesus said, I got a perfect place for us to make wine. That place. And they're like, this guy is great. Did he have too much of the wine? You sure his name is Jesus? Was he, is, he, is, he, is he someone else? They're walking with water and Jesus says, go pour it in the trash. I don't know. This is crazy. And let me tell you this. God didn't choose the ceremonial cleansing jar because of its cleanliness. He chose it because of its capacity. So if you're here tonight and you're waiting for God to choose you because of your cleanliness, he didn't choose like that. He's not looking for cleanliness. He's looking for capacity. I don't, I don't know who that's for tonight. There are a few people here tonight that said, man, I I don't got it all perfect, but man, life has really built in me a big space. I've been broken. I've been left. I've been walked out on and God goes, perfect place for some new wine. Pour it in there. I mean, if it's clear that they would have gone 120 times down to the river. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, following God's word, who knew you would have to do something so silly and look so foolish? Everyone's laughing at They're like, don't worry, we're getting the wine. Why do you keep doing it with water? I don't know. Don't worry, we're getting the wine. We told, his mom told us she looked like she had, she was a little frustrated in her eyes. So we just, I think it's because Jesus told her no, but she just did it anyways. We're gonna get the water into wine. We're gonna get the water. When do you think he's gonna do it? Do you think it's gonna happen on the fourth try or the fifth try? Because this would be a lot easier if it wasn't so embarrassing carrying water when I ask for wine. I mean, it's embarrassing to believe for, to save a city when you got a hundred people in your church. It's, it's embarrassing to believe and say I'm healed when the cancer is still there. It's embarrassing to say your marriage is awesome when you're just like, I'm carrying water. I asked for a husband. A man of God. I'm seeing right through this. This is not anywhere close to what I prayed for. I fasted, I asked for a wife. We won't go too far on that one. That's... <laughs> if you're a pastor, I believe for leaders. You gave me them. I wanted a worship team. Not that. It's out of key, out of pitch. It's not right. You know, some people say, right people, right time, right place. No, God gives me the wrong people, the wrong time, and the wrong place. I ask for wine. I ask for breakthrough. You start giving, you start fasting, you start taking on his word, and then you go more broke. Ask for wine, not water. But don't forget, God's not just into the miracle, he's into the process. Huh. When's it going to change? It's got to change soon. I mean, we're on our, we're on our hundredth, hundredth trip. I mean, I don't know. I think these feel like 120. I don't know. It's going to change. You think if we just sit here for a little while, say a few prayers, the Bible says the water doesn't change. 
It gets to the top of all six bins and the water not only doesn't change, it's worse than what they started with. Now it's dirty. I mean, I don't, who God knows what's in here. God says, okay, you ready? No, it's not ready yet. God says, reach in. I can't reach in. God says, I'm going to pull out the same thing I put in. It's going to be worse. He goes, reach in and take it to the head of the table. I can't take it to the head of the table. It's still water. Hasn't happened yet. You said it. I'm on the in-between. Nope. Y'all thought it was going to change, huh? <laughs> You're waiting. I thought I was going to trick you. No, I'm not a magician. <laughs> and it didn't change in the scripture either. If you read the scripture, they pulled out water. Now, God, why'd you have us put it in the magical pot, dirty pot, and pull it back out the same? Pulled out the water. Oh, God, we got to just go up there backwards. Bring it to the head of the table. What if he sees that it's water? He's going to call our bluff. I mean, there's been so many times in my life where God had a promise for me, and I'm like, go preach to these people. Okay, God. What if they find out I'm just water? Okay, you got three seconds left. The Bible says when he got on his way changed. Nope. When he finally gave it to the head of the table. The head of the table poured it in his cup. And the Bible says when he tasted it. The water turned to wine. When he tasted it, when the head of the table tasted it. See, what you're missing is this story is about us. We're the water. And there's been a servant. His name is Jesus. And he's been carrying me ever since. And he's been taking me, even though I'm stuck on water. God is boldly taking me to the throne right before the Father. And when the right mouth tastes of you, they always talk about taste of God, but God is trying to taste of you. He's trying to taste of his son in you, his son's sacrifice in you. See, see, the story is not about the water into wine. The story is about what happened to the servants. Can you imagine being those servants? No one could have ever told you that Jesus isn't who he says he is because you knew the whole time you were a fake. But Jesus, his word is bigger than all my thoughts, all my mistakes, all my mishaps. God is into the process more than he's into the miracle because the miracle isn't the water into wine. The miracle is the man that's being transformed as he carries and trusts God. See, so many times when I've got him, I said, come on, we're believing this is going to be the greatest Sunday ever. I'm holding water. But God promised me it would be wine. And in every glass of wine, 60% of it is water. Wherever there's wine, there will always be water. Don't fear the water of life because if you want wine, you have to be willing to carry water. 
And wherever there's water, there's potential for wine. And you're 60% of the way there. Come on, that ought to help you shout in this room if you're carrying water today. Because as long as you keep moving forward, do whatever he tells you to do. As long as you keep trusting, you will declare the seventh hour over your life today. Come on, would you stand up to your feet all over this room? Seventh hour. The seventh hour. We're believing for the seventh hour. The seventh hour over this house. Pastor, thank you for carrying water. Thank you for being bold enough and courageous enough to trust the word of God over all these lives. Many of the wine that is here tonight is because you were willing to carry water through some midnight seasons. Thank you, mom and dad, for carrying water. Thank you for believing in kids around you and praying for them and fasting for and staying up late and saying, God, I'm holding on to your word. Because although you felt like you were carrying water, heaven saw wine. Thank you, person in this room who is still going through sickness in their body. And God has entrusted you. He has built in you the tenacity to not back down, to not give up, to believe. And although you're carrying water tonight, I believe God is going to remind you of the wine that's coming. It happened in the seventh hour, God's perfect hour. And right now is that hour. Don't miss it. Don't wait for the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, the twelfth, right here, right now. If you will simply reach up to God and say, God, I'm going to do whatever you say. I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to trust when I don't see it. I'm going to believe your word in the midnight like I heard it in the daylight. God, I'm going to remind me of that word. God, I I, I promise, God, that I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not turning around tonight. not backing down tonight. I'm believing for breakthrough tonight. And devil, I'm going to celebrate on the in-between. You can't rob my praise. You can't rob my passion. You can't rob my excitement for his word. Come on, if that's you all over this room, let's give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're sick in body, I want you to wave at me. You've been been carrying sickness for a long time. You got water, but you're looking for wine. God, we just pray for healing right now. We grab a hold of that word. No cancer. No heart palpitations. No brain tumors. We pray lupus would be gone. We pray. We pray every mental illness would be gone. In Jesus' name, we declare life. We declare life where others have declared death. Lord, we, we declare life over arthritis. We declare life over back pain. We declare open eyes. Lord, we are not going to give up on your promise. We'll hold on to your promise more than we'll hold on to the pain. We let go of the pain to hold on to your promise tonight. We declare healing in the seventh hour. When you're in this room and your finances have, have been going through some ups and downs, you've been facing some financial difficulty. Lord, we declare the seventh hour over finances tonight. Financial breakthrough as we continue to serve, as we continue to carry water. Lord, that tithe feels like water, but Lord, it's getting us wine. Lord, we trust your word. We trust your word. We step out on your word. God, I pray jobs. I pray open doors. I pray ideas. I pray ingenuitive ideas that no one else has had. I pray finances. 
Father, open up the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing so big we can't contain it. In Jesus' name. You know, last thing I want to do tonight, I want you to grab the hand of your neighbor and we're going we're gonna to pray tonight for some people that feel dead on the inside to come to life. The greatest miracle that can happen in our life is that Jesus resurrects us from the dead. And he does that not by fixing up the old us. He does that by exchanging the old us for all of him living in us. When I was 19 years old, I went to church a long time. I sat in the services, I played the drums, but I felt dead on the inside. At 19 years old, I said yes, not to church, not to religion, not to being a Christian, but I said yes to Jesus. And when I invited Jesus in my life, he changed my life. I woke up alive. Even if stuff was going bad, I woke up alive. I woke up with passion and uh, something that said, keep going. Every day, I woke up alive. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're in this room and you say, man, I either don't know God. I don't know that life. And I would like to tonight. Or maybe tonight you're here and you say, man, I've walked away from that life. And I've, and I've, and I've walked into the dead situations in my life again. And tonight, I want to receive that life again. In Christianity, we call getting saved or rededicating your life. But really, we can just say tonight, I don't want to be dead anymore. God is not looking to make bad people good. He's looking to bring dead people to life. If you're here tonight and you want that life, you say, well, I'm not ready. How do you be ready to go to the hospital? If you're dying, today is your night. It's the seventh hour of your life. It's time for the water to turn to wine. Would you bow your heads all over this room? If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and, and you need that life, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I need that life. I feel dead on the inside. It's past the moment. It's past. It's not just that I'm on the in-between. I feel kind of dead. I feel dead. I wake up dead. I go to sleep dead. I drag myself to church, but I need life. I need, I need to encounter Jesus. Tonight, if that's you, your life will never be the same after tonight. But you have to come into agreement with that life that wants to live in you. Squeeze the neighbor's hand right there. Come on, hands are being squeezed all over this room. If your neighbor squeezed your hand on the count of three, I want you to lift it up. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, hands are going up all over this room. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, keep those hands up. If your hand's up, keep those hands up. If the person next to you squeezed your hand, I just... We're going to pray together right now. We're going to believe that right now God is going to remove all death and new life is going to come tonight. This night will never, will be remembered in history, but after this night, you will never be the same. You ready to pray this? Come on, family, let's do it. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Transform me. Take out all the dead stuff. The Bible calls it sin the missing of the mark. God, I missed the mark too many times to count and it's caused deadness in my life. But Lord, I give you that deadness. Nail it to the cross. And Jesus, I'm ready for you. The power that is in you. The life that is in you to live in me. 
Today, Jesus, I dedicate my life to you. I've been carrying water for a long time. But tonight, as you taste of me, turn it into wine. New life, a new past, a new present, and a new future in Jesus' name. And somebody who believes it, shout, okay? Praise to our King. Come on, hallelujah. You're moving in now, midst, and I worship you. Come on, if you know he's here, say, I worship you. You are here. You are here. You're working in this place. Working in this place. I worship. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. One more time, say, you are here. You are here. You're moving, moving in now. We believe you're here, God, and I worship you. Somebody say, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here. And you're working, working in this place. Somebody say, I worship. If you know he's here right now, and it's your seventh hour, I want you to lift your hands and call him who he is, a way maker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We believe it tonight, Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh God, we're going to commit to the process because you're a Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker. I sense such faith in this room. And uh, I do believe that this week has been a, a shifting and a pivoting of our, of our church and of our congregation. But I also believe that there are still some possible people here that are feeling like uh, that weight is still heavy and that burden is still heavy and, and you need someone to come alongside you and there's nothing wrong with that. I just have to remind you, that's why the church exists. We're going to talk about that, of course, in this series coming up. But that's why the church exists, so that we can pray with you and pray for you and carry the burden with you. And so our prayer team is going to be up here, and we're going to declare this again, that God's a way maker. And if you need healing in your body, if you need a healing in your soul, if you need clarity of your mind, I encourage you, do not leave this place the same. We're going to sing it just a couple more times, but these altars are open. Make your way to this front if you need prayer in any area of your life as we sing and declare that God is a way maker. Come on. These altars are open. Step out and come as we sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We know it tonight, God. Waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is 
somebody stand alongside. your presence, your healing virtue. I come against anxiety and fear and depression. I come against addiction. I pray addiction would be broken in this room. One more time, would you make contact with somebody around you? Maybe put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to ask God to help us to continue to run after him. That when these series of meetings have concluded, it's just a beginning. It's not a conclusion in our pursuit of God. And so as you make contact with somebody around you, come on, pray for the person on your right and your left. Pray that God's perfect will would be done in their life. Pray that a fire would be rekindled. Pray for a passion for God just to to continue to grow, to continue to move forward. God, this is not an ending. This is a beginning. And so, God, I thank you for stirring us. I thank you, God, that we walk in expectation. God, we don't try to keep this fire alive, but God, we just believe you for a fresh fire tomorrow, God, a fresh move of God on Friday, God. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for all you've done. But God, we look ahead to all you're going to do. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you, if you tonight gave your life to Christ, maybe for the first time, or maybe you came back to Christ and you made a decision for him, we want to help you walk out your faith. We want to, again, come alongside and give you some literature and give you some help. Two things you could do. You could come talk with one of these altar workers tonight, or if you wanted to, you could text your name. Uh, to this number that's on the screen. And if you made a decision for Christ tonight, I encourage you to take this first step. It's just the beginning of, of, uh, of, of this walk with God. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's, it's how to get into his word and how to get plugged into church and how to tell somebody about what God's done in your life. So I encourage you to text that number if you made a decision for Christ tonight. Well, has this week been incredible or what? Can we give God praise? One more time for all he did this week. And I also, I want to say thank you to Pastor Jeremy Johnson tonight. Can we give him just a a hand clap of appreciation? I want to say thank you so much for being here uh, all these nights. And uh, and I I want you to come uh, to church. 
this weekend are ready to go, hungry for God. We're going to end like this. We're going to just take a look back on all that God has done this week and celebrate one more time together. So check this out. God bless you. These altars are open as we dismiss tonight. God bless you. One, two, three, go.